0: The sun sets you free. You are free indeed. Welcome to the Free Indeed podcast, where we believe in freedom reaching everyone everywhere. Here's your host, Mike Hansen. Welcome back to the Free Indeed podcast, and you might have noticed there was a little slight gap between episodes being uploaded to uh, to our. Buzzsprout page. That is where we house all of these uh, podcast episodes. So if you're subscribed to this podcast, uh, I'm going to apologize. I'm ahead of time. I know it's not good public speaking, but I'm not public speaking. And this is my own podcast, our podcast. And, uh, I can apologize if I need to. So it's just been a challenge. We've had a lot happen to us over the last number of months, Kirk and I both, since uh, we've updated this podcast And as I was looking back through the episodes. one thing that we have never finished and that I'd like to uh, at least work in right now is the last V uh, in Kirk's book. So we'll do some catch up maybe as we're talking, but maybe that'll be another episode as well. But at the same time, I wanted to kind of finish this out in at least in one episode, perhaps two. Try not to keep these two too long, but if we need to, we will. Uh, I just want to read this this chapter um, and then and see if uh, we can learn some from it um, on validation. So if you haven't listened to the rest of the other V's yet, um, I'd really encourage you to do that um, because it's pretty powerful what the IP mistress really tries to do, uh, what God can only do. And this last one is probably the most significant. So I appreciate that you thought about this, Kirk, and I appreciate that this is uh, something... You know, as us guys think about what, where we get our validation, you know, I had a breakthrough in my own, you know, I'll talk about this after. Let me read the chapter. Uh, you have anything you want to say before I read the chapter there, Kirk? Nope. No, I don't
1: have anything I want to say. Although I just said something.
0: I know. I am not going to say anything is a true, true statement. Uh, we could, it's, it's true, but it's not right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to start with the quote at the end of the chapter. As we start the chapter, the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. Do you remember who said that Kirk? You the one one to put it in here. Um, no, <laughs> Joseph Campbell.
1: Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. 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 Him, <laughs> that guy,
0: Joseph Campbell. All right. I got my glasses on. I'm going to read and, uh, I've read this chapter before, but it's been a while. So you can see how prepared we are for this, but this is going to be, this is going to be good. This is chapter nine in Kirk's book, page 65, Uh, the chapter on validation. This may be the most significant benefit he gets from the IP mistress. Because of this benefit, a tremendously deep connection forms with her. She is the most reliable thing in his life. She never leaves him. And as a result, he is reminded that she is reliable. This is the kind of love and acceptance he has desired his entire life. This is the kind of love and acceptance we all seek. Women might say they want their man to be completely open and tell them everything. Most men have experienced telling a woman something that makes them somewhat vulnerable only to have it backfire, making them feel judged or rejected afterward. The IP mistress has a tangible way of reminding him she'll never leave. It takes no faith to see her. She reveals herself at every opportunity. He is tied so deeply to her that he begins to see himself as a captive subject. He identifies himself by her and through her. The IP mistress is a woman with deep control issues. She exercises her control by constantly asking how she can better meet his sexual needs. This IP mistress's identity is a chain of bondage, but it also provides comfort and security. She affirms his every wish. She always tells him he is a good person. She tells him he is the best. She never judges him, and she gives him a sense of security. He may be self-medicating emotional, spiritual, or sexual identity issues. The more she draws from him, the more she controls him. Her affirmation becomes the air he breathes. This affirmation becomes slavery. Picture this devil, not with a pitchfork and horns, but as something beautiful that provides what he really desires. She gives him so much that it destroys him. She understands the idea of mutual submission and she knows the more she submits to his sexual will, the more he will submit to her call. He surrenders to her and whatever you surrender to determines your identity. He will believe only what she allows him to believe. He will only be able to get as far away from her as she allows him to. She doesn't even allow him to get a night of sleep away from her. She has the ability to hold his attention for many hours at a time. He knows her voice better than any voice he has ever known. When she calls him by name she has given him, by the name she has given him, his subconscious response is to look. He will see himself as weak, a weak failure with no other choice but to live this way. The idea of living without her becomes unthinkable. He is terrified at the thought. She is the best medication he has ever known. She might be the first medication he has ever known. He knows that she can control him, but he receives this as a form of nurturing. Oxytocin is is stimulated as he receives sexual release from her. She was the first to whisper deep into his spirit, telling him, I will sacrifice my body for you. I will never leave you. I will love you unconditionally. I am here to serve you. You are here to serve me. Give me everything you have, and I will give you what I have back to you. She can become... His God. She constantly meets his deepest need as if she were a nurturing mother seeking to soothe her crying baby at the breast. Yes, the IP mistress is ruining his life, but her validation can seem irreplaceable. Freedom is secretly more terrifying than the thought of losing everything he has in her. It is a deeply abusive relationship, and he cannot tell anyone about it because of the shame and fear of being judged. She allows him to live what appears to be a normal life. She knows he is coming home to her. Even when he tries to live without her, she reminds him that she is always willing to to again take away all his pain. She's always there with passive aggressive control. If she were truthful, he would admit that he trusts the IP mistress more than his own wife. The path to the husband's heart is through his sexuality. It's not the quantity of sex as much as the depth of his ability to be sexually vulnerable. The wife's lack of trust for her porn-consuming husband is deeply understood. The real reason is that he doesn't trust his wife with his most vulnerable places. He cannot trust her to see him with his skin off. He feels that he will be judged and condemned if she really knows him. In some ways, he doesn't love himself and doesn't trust her with his deepest insecurities. Not many wives can handle a tour of his dark cave. His underwear and socks are nothing compared to his cave. The only way she can earn his trust is to find a way to go into his cave and come out without making him feel judged for what she sees. This is understandably difficult, given she might have wounds, trauma, and a lack of trust in him. She won't get the full tour right away. The IP mistress made him feel emotionally safe as he revealed more and more over time. With each step, she reminded him that she wanted to know him and would not judge him. Once she gained his trust, she set the standard. So can his wife. I understand this book will make some women feel uncomfortable and challenged beyond reasonable expectation, but imagine how he will feel as he shows you parts of himself he may never have shown anyone except the IP mistress. And the quote, once again, By what's his name? Uh, The guy with the soup. Yeah. The cave you feared to enter holds the treasure you seek. Joseph Gamble. So. What's your response to that? Anything jump out at you Dude, from the that, author?
1: That that chapter is filthy, man. <laughs> I you know, I'm sitting here reading that like, man, psh, I'd buy that book if I didn't write it. If I didn't have a box of them over there, man. I'm telling you that that chapter right there is so deep and it's so powerful, man. It's it's kind of the really the core of that's the that's like the seal on everything. That you know, all the other Vs, I mean there's a reason that's that's the last one. Um all the other Vs, you know, kinda of, that's the they're the ingredients to the cake. But validation is the oven. Like when you put all that other stuff together and then when you put it inside of that validation, it just causes whatever is in all that other stuff to come together and to gel and congeal and to rise and all that stuff. And it just becomes that much more to him. It becomes an actual thing as opposed to just a bunch of ingredients. And so, man, that's so deep, man, as I read that stuff. And it's just become so much uh, so pertinent to me. Um, as I see that dynamic play out um, not only in in my world but other guy 's world as well, just the whole idea of the validation that he gets and that he sees and you know this actually hit me i 'm going to jump in and kind of ask myself a question um but not as I was just driving you know here this morning and just driving around, it really hit me that you know there's this there 's this kind of there 's a struggle with um with, you know, a lot of guys will think that they they they'll rationalize pornography consumption saying that, you know, I look at porn so I don't cheat on my wife and not realizing that to their wife, it is cheating to her and it is infidelity. But at the same time, the more I thought about that, the more I was like, you know what? The reality is, and this this is a tough pill to swallow. So get ready. Buckle your seatbelts. If you're driving, you should be wearing your seatbelt anyway, or you get pulled over, and get a ticket. Not that I would know. Or if you roll over, you're going to get ejected from your car and crack your skull and end up in the ICU. Get an airbag right down your esophagus. Anyhow, um, squirrel. Um, You know, the reality is that... for some guys like men today men today are, we're struggling with a lot of things that we can't verbalize we can't articulate we can't understand and we never have and so we're dealing with some deep stuff some stuff way beneath the surface and for a lot of men you know to to medi- to medicate that or to mitigate that I guess you could say pornography becomes that crutch and i almost wonder really 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 wonder how many women could handle how many women slash wives could handle their man just the core essence of who he is if she really had to kind of carry or help carry the full emotional burden of everything that he 's dealing with because a lot of guys will have you know the shadow side of them, and a lot of guys will have struggles that they don't verbalize you know for a reason, and quite honestly you know i 'm not a hundred percent convinced that that you know every woman or every wife could easily handle um you know what what their man would really or could really be like if he really kind of went to her with all of his demons with all of the struggles all of the ways that he medicates all of the things that he medicates no not justifying it don't get me wrong I mean duh I wouldn't be on this podcast or doing what I do if I just wanted to say it was okay but it's a challenge to have that burden um uh, you know, that 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 guy carries around. And, and to some degree, man, this, you know, this validation part of it is huge, man, because, you know, a lot of us, we have that hole, we have that missing void of feminine validation. And first of all, we shouldn't be getting our validation from women or just from feminine period a feminine source if we're masculine, if we're a man. But either way, you know, a lot of guys struggle with that for various reasons. And so when they get this this validation, man, when they go to her and and she just opens up everything that she is. And I mean, that's the way she speaks to his spirit, man, where she says, look, I will I will give up my body for you. I'll do whatever you whatever it takes to meet whatever needs you have. I mean, that, you know, that's a pretty powerful thing to receive as a guy. Like what? Really? Like like anything? And her answer is, yeah, anything like there is no no there. There's no no. There's no limit. There's not. There's nothing that's ill. There's nothing that's creepy. There's nothing that that makes me feel uncomfortable. There's nothing that that makes me feel less than a woman. There's none of that. And so, you know, when he receives that, like, wow, you'll you'll give up everything for me, you know, for little old me, and then it's, it's it becomes it becomes a little poison, man. And and it, that poison is sweet, but that poison is deadly. But that poison is sweet though, and we can't ignore the fact that. You know, the pornography is such a fixture in our culture for a reason, and that's because it's good. (laughs) I mean, you know, I tell I I see it all the time, like, porn is good. If it wasn't, people wouldn't be doing it. It's good to you. Is it good for you? No. But it's good. Ice cream is good. I mean, cocaine is good. It makes you feel really, really good. Can it kill you instantly? Yeah. But it's good. I mean, so, anyhow, I I know I just kind of went off on a rant. I don't even know how long that rant was, but in any case, um... You know, oh, the, whole idea, is good. the whole idea of, of validation, man, that, that, that he gets from pornography, you know, that again, that is the icing on the cake. Without validation, everything else is just ingredients in, in a bowl. And, and you know, with validation, all of those things come together, and it just all means something. I call it the label on the pill bottle, um, the label on the pill bottle that says who owns the drug but who the drug owns. And that's what validation is, man. It, it is the, it's the sixth V for a reason.
0: So why is this validation uh, that men are seeking in the wrong place, as we, as you said? Why is this, you know,
1: not going to work? It's not going to work because it's hollow, because it's empty, because it's artificial. It's like artificial calories, artificial sweetener. I mean, it's like sugar. You know, quite on, I, don't you diss my Splenda? Hey man, I, I, I love I Splenda. Ain't, no, no, I'm just saying, man. There's, There's sugar it on the uh, in the molecule. Hey man, I'm keeping it real. Um, the reality is, you know, when your body needs protein, it presents itself like craving sugar. And so, you know, but the, but those are artificial calories. Those are artificial. It's artificial energy. It's artificial substance. It's not anything real. Like there's no depth to it. It's all surface. And so it's it's, it's dangerous or it's detrimental to them because it's it's coming from an artificial place and it is just a high it's not a it's not a ex, a state of existence that validation is not a thing it's not like real validation like a godly validation is real validation because i mean your validation should only come from a source that created you um and, and and so that's a real kind of validation but this type of validation is so artificial man and it's so it's so surface it's so um you know i don't mean to get too to use a common kind of religious term, but it's so flesh, like literally it's just so pleasing to the flesh of who we are to the, to the physiology of who we are. And it is just like a, it's like a sugar high. And I mean, it's, it's, it, that's how it becomes a drug because it's so artificial. And I mean, if it was real, you wouldn't need to keep seeking it over and over again. If it was real validation, you wouldn't need to keep seeking it day after day, hour after hour, minute after minute. But it's it, but you do have to, and so there's no satisf, there's no satisfying of that whole thing, and so it's just artificial. That's why it's so dangerous.
0: So the the re, the real need is the validation. Yes, and the the need that that need being met through the IP mistress is just enough hit, and I use that term on purpose mm-hmm. because uh, it it's not enough to keep it going long term. Mm-hmm. There's no satisfaction because it doesn't last long uh, so why why does a guy need validation?
1: A lot of us we 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 have a hole in our identity a lot of us you know a lot of us have I would say you'd be hard pressed to find a man without one of these four wounds and one of these four wounds generally speaking all of these come from, from a father they're all father wounds see a lot of women have been abused or hurt by a man but they don't realize that a lot of men have been hurt and abused and wounded by men in some kind of way, so a lot of men either have um, they're either the the father wound is either the father was absent from the home, absent in the home, he was abusive, or he sets such a high bar that the son could never make him happy, and so a lot of us grew up with this hole, this void in who we are in our in our identity, in our in our in our security of that, um, and identity is is huge. I mean. And so if we're not secure around our identity, then we're, we're trying to chase and we're trying to figure out what that identity is. In our culture, in our Western culture, we don't have, I mean, this is something that's on my heart lately. You know, how well are we with uh, something like a rite of passage to tell a young man that you're a man? We don't do that well. And so how many of us men are walking around with a boy spirit because nobody ever told us that we're a man. So we have a lot of these things that, and and on top of that, we're conditioned culturally to not talk about stuff, to not, you know, to not share, to not, you know, get vulnerable and all those kinds of things. And so we carry these weights, these burdens, we carry these things, man. And, um, and then we, we live out life in loneliness and isolation. And the only thing God said wasn't good during that creation week was man being alone. Um, even though God was with him. So a lot of us just we just have this hole in 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 our identity into in in as far as who we are and and we're 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 not well in our culture with closing those holes and 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 knowing our true identity. Yeah, my
0: my father wound was absence. He didn't uh, abuse or anything. I mean, he was around for me when I was younger. I have some pretty fun memories when I was really young. I mean, single digits young. But other than that, after I, you know, basically when I turned 13, 14, he was gone. I physically remember the reality of him leaving the country and I never saw him again. I talked with him a handful of times through the years, mm-hmm. but yeah, those, those huge, uh, hugely important teenage years, I had no masculine, positive masculine influence really in my, in my life. And so the validation for me came as I, I wanted validation for my friends. So what did my friends do? Well, my friends did a lot of drinking, a lot of partying. And a lot of sexual exploitations and things like that. And that was the stuff I wanted. To, I said exploits, not exploitations, probably mm-hmm. both. But, mm-hmm. you know, I really wanted to be like those guys out there. And um, that's where I was trying to get my validation. And until I, however many years later, and you, were, you and I were in the same uh band of brothers group where I first read about our validation coming from God first and masculine, va- masculine validation can only come from uh, masculine masculinity. Um, and so that's why this chapter is so huge because if you're trying to find that validation from this IP mistress who is going to offer it, but just enough to where you have to come back, it's never going to be satisfied. Right. And for the, for the guy out there. Who, okay. So What about the guy out there who's listening to this? Who may not have right now, right, right now? What can a guy do to find this validation? Um, What what would you tell him that you know he's only ever sought it from from this?
1: Yeah, you you have to. First of all, he has to get in circles of men because it takes a man to make a man, which actually goes back to the whole point of you know a lot of us and you think about just even those wounds that i just i talked about a lot of the, a lot of us have been raised by women and so That's we me. exactly i mean most i would say you know more than 50% of men have been raised primarily by women and so part of our identity part of our where we seek validation comes from a feminine source by by assimilation by just growing up by by our so surroundings. so just i'm going to We're going to keep going, but Mm -hmm.
0: this makes some sense, logical sense. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make rational sense, but it makes logical sense that if we as guys were raised by women and we want feminine validation,
1: the answer is going to come in pornography. That's exactly what I'm talking. That's exactly it, man. That's the the exact point that I was getting at. I mean, we, we grew up seeking our mama's validation And, you know, when we get to the point where we're beyond the arm length of mama, now we still are missing this feminine validation. And now it's easy for us to go seek that feminine validation, especially in the area of our sexuality, which does not get played out. I mean, in all reasonable sense through a a mama scenario, but it can get played out in a another woman, even if it's even if it's a, a wife or or, um or, or pornography. But in some sense, yeah, I, I, I turn and I look for where am I getting my female validation? Where am I getting my female validation? Where am I getting that? Where am I getting that? And you know, at some point when we begin to separate from mom, it's easy for us to look for that from another source in this world. And this world happens to have a great source to offer us in terms of female validation. And that's oh, the yeah. core of this chapter.
0: So I'm thinking about my mom and have your mom in your mind, guys. And Kirk, think about your mom. I always tell people that my mom raised my brother and I as best as she could. Mm -hmm. Uh, I grew up in an alcoholic home, Mm -hmm. and I was just talking to somebody just this morning how part of my story is I avoid conflict like the plague, Mm -hmm. because that's what my mom did. Mm -hmm. She avoided any kind of badness by Mm -hmm. just retreating into her room and drinking. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of modeled for me. And uh, see, I took into my marriage this idea of feminine validation, but... As best as our moms did. I mean, the mom can try herself, and I'm not saying because part of my story is there were four guys that had to take the place of my dad that didn't didn't have permanent places in my life. So there was parts of some validation that happened from the man in my life, but it wasn't permanent. It wasn't. It didn't go on, and it's still not. Anyway, the point is, our our moms tried, and they can try as and, and do as best. They can. And I know we know some single moms that do pretty well, right? But the real fact is, men, boys, will not get that validation the way they need it from the best intended intentioned mom Mm -hmm. right
1: yeah my mom's pretty clear we just had her and i had this conversation just a couple days ago about you know her reason i mean and to your point she did the best she could but she was never a father and she's pretty open with the fact that she could never be a a father you know and and she's even had the conversation with me in the past of you know not getting uh you know some you know sometimes now that you know you see a thing where people will give mom's a card on Father's Day and it's like yeah, I don't know I kind of have some dis- dissonance with that whole thing but um, you know but yeah she can do the best she can at being a single mom and being all parts of that but she'll never take the place of a man in the home and, and you know which that opens the door to you know, hey, women, if ladies, if you get a divorce and I mean, the fact that you don't like your husband doesn't mean that that, you know, that he shouldn't be in your kids lives. I'm just going to put that out there. Um, and I mean, unless they're unsafe, unless he's unsafe in some kind of way, like physically or something like that. But, you know, it, it's important to have a presence uh, or for, you know, especially if it's a son, but daughters do, but it's important to have that presence in there. But anyhow, and so, you know, let me go down another tangent. Here's another challenge. And this is kind of out of the box a little bit. So, and this is, yeah. If we have mom raising the kids and especially raising the son, is mom totally available to be totally emotionally available? I'm going to say in most cases, no, like if she's trying to be the masculine and the feminine, if she's trying to raise from both sides of the parenting coin, I'm going to say that she's probably hampered or handicapped in her ability to just be completely feminine and just be completely, you know, just completely mom and just operate out of her, out of her feminine, as opposed to trying to be all of those things. And so I say all that to say that if you grew up man in a household with an emotionally unavailable mom, then is it feasible that you could end up marrying or seeking women in relationship who are emotionally unavailable? I've recognized that in my, I'm going to use I statements. I've recognized through the course of my life, I've gravitated somehow or ended up in relationship with women who are emotionally unavailable. And, and I've tried to connect those dots back through, through my past and what is it about me? And and so I wonder if it had to do with the fact that, you know, that that um, that there was something about that. You know, they say we marry our unfinished business, and in my life, maybe that that was something I was seeking, which was, you know, kind of what I knew, a from female validation, and b from just someone that I was. I, I've been trying to complete the circle for my mom. <laughs> Let me put it that way. I've been trying to complete the circle for my mom in terms of who she was and, and her emotional neat balance. And, and that's played out in the relationship that I've gone on. But anyhow, but yeah, just in the context of, of, you know, us as men and, and how we get into the situation is because a lot of us, a lot of us, a lot of us, a lot of us. And seriously, if you go, I've, I've put those four things out there and I have, I've, I've only come across one guy and his name is Aaron. And both of us know him who said like, no, you know, actually my dad was none of those things, but, of all the guys I've even asked, there's only been one guy that 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 has not fallen under one of those one of those categories, um, and and so again, when we when we have that hole, when we have that 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 empty space in us, then it's easy for us to seek you know to seek filling that hole, and and again, who knows what other other ramifications are happening in it as well as far as seeking out pornography to fill that space. Yeah, um,
0: I'm thinking of the uh, the line uh, that you have in the chapter around around um how the 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 IP mistress can take any vulnerability he brings mm-hmm. and it's uh so part of what we're doing here is we're naming the problem. I don't always just like naming the problem. The other part of it is we want to try to, you know, offer solutions yep. as well. We can only mm-hmm. do so much from a distance. Yep. Um but you know man, if you have there, we are, if we're a human being, we have layers. We've got so many layers underneath of us that need to be revealed. And so my first place that I go to give away these layers and be able to let uh, them out of me is to God. I have a very close, intimate relationship with God. And that's not always been the case. Uh, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, a lot of my validation as a teenager, because I knew no different was to be validated by my friends who were Making all their wrong decisions, and I was on that same path. Um, but then, if you take all of those layers as a guy, you know, the longer you go growing up in this world, and there's nothing wrong with waiting to be married, obviously, but the longer you go without a partner to be able to share things with, on even just marriage, not just marriage, but you know you're gonna add more layers to your life, all these wounds that get buried deeper and deeper from your past that end up in your present reality as a guy are still there. They're not going away. And I think what we try to do as men first often through pornography, because that's the shallow, easy fix, the crack, um, you know, crack is in the drug. What we need is the intimacy to be able to share those parts of our lives. And there's a bet. There's a, there's a good chance, maybe not, but there's a good chance that somebody listening didn't get the, uh, the safe place to share those layers, especially in their teen years, especially in their young adult years. But you know, hopefully you did. There's, I don't know the percentage chance, but there's probably a good chance you haven't had that yet. And then to go into a relationship and especially a marriage, and then expect in some way, number one, to never let those layers out. There, that's that's one road, I guess. The other, la- the other road is to, um, Open everything up, and all those wounds need to be healed in the marriage. When those wounds are not meant to be healed in a marriage relationship, first, I think God is the one who needs to be mm-hmm. uh, working on those wounds if you mm-hmm. let them. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the counseling relationship, if those layers are deep enough and have enough trauma and scarring to them, I mean, mm-hmm. most of us have these things. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going on another path of mm-hmm. mental health here, but which is so important. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to just get your thoughts reactions on that in terms of you know we don't want to lay those expectations on a woman nor do we should we expect us as guys to never ever open up
1: yeah your wife can't solve that problem the woman in your life she can't solve that problem that's not her problem to solve quite honestly that's yours you need to fix that and you need to you need to fix that and you need to bring that healed part of yourself into that relationship but there's some work that is just you i don't care you know how much yeah she you know she nags me and if she would do this or she would do that or if she would have sex with me i wouldn't have to look at porn yeah oh, come on I mean, you know the porn existed in your life before your wife you know that i know that um and so the problem was there before she came along as a matter of fact ooh, as a matter of fact man there's so many twists and turns of this whole plot as a matter of fact wives Porn existed in his life before you. Porn was the first relationship. You're the second. So he's not cheating on you with porn. He's cheating on porn with you, as you've come into his life. And so we have a we have a, a requirement and expectation. We're telling him to get free from that thing. Wait, but in repeat, re- repeat that though. Yeah, I know. Right? See, <laughs> so the re- so you have. The IP, mistress, you have the IP mistress, you have the wife and you have the IP mistress, okay? Because we're going to personify this thing. We're going to make this people. The wife and the IP mistress, okay? Wife says, I can't live with him because he's hurting me. He's traumatizing me. The wife can be commonly diagnosed with PTSD because of the repeated trauma of her husband's pornography consumption because she sees it as infidelity every time. Okay, She sees it as infidelity every time. She sees it as infidelity every time, the wife. In reality, the wife was the second one into the relationship with the husband. The husband was already in a relationship when she showed up, she meaning the wife. And so the husband had already had emotional, all of these six V's, all of that stuff. He had already had all of these ties with the IP mistress before the wife ever came along. Now, the wife has a V. There's a seventh V that's not in the book. Uh Uh-oh. The wife has a V. Is there another book coming with that in there? Maybe. Um, There's a wife. The wife has a V that the IP mistress doesn't. And the wife's V, that seventh one, seventh and a perfect number, by the way, um, that seventh one kind of trumps. Yes, go back to episode seven, and you'll hear that whole history of. (laughs) But But that trumps, that seventh V trumps the six Vs, at least when you can add it on to that. Point being, though, Wife, you feel like he's cheating on you with pornography. Porn, that attachment that he has with porn is saying, wait a minute, you're cheating on us with that woman that you supposedly married. So the wife is actually, in a way, emotionally the mistress because she was the second one to come along. How convoluted is that? Exactly. So, I mean, put that in your pipe and smoke it in terms of the reality of what's going on here. I had this conversation last weekend with a pastor, and it's like, no, no, no. You got to understand that probably from the time he was between 8 and 11 years old, he's had this relationship with this IP mistress. How old is he now? Is he 40? Is he 30? So it's been most of his life that he's had this emotional, spiritual, soulful, physical tie to this emotional being in his life this ip mistress now you come along in his 20s or 30s or 40s or 50s or whatever and now you know now you say that wait a minute you're cheating on me with that where as in his emotions in in his subconscious that was his primary the wife can almost be the secondary so the wife is actually moving in on that space so anyhow that was a whole nother tangent
0: i'm gonna i'm gonna pause this (laughs) i think this is gonna have to be a two-parter we're at we're nearing 35 minutes here let's Uh, come
1: back and talk about safety
0: yeah, let's uh let's go let's have a second part to validation. I I've been kind of thinking all along that we're going to have two parts to this. So, um uh, because this is so 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 important. <laughs> it is it's very important. And we can't seek validation in a marriage relationship. We mm-hmm. can't seek validation in a in a dating relationship. Yeah. We can't seek validation anywhere except yeah. where it should be. We can talk about that next time Yeah, we'll so, come
1: up with some solutions here.
0: So, let me um let me pause this. We're going to just uh kind of for a few minutes to Kirk. I wanted to ask you about um, what's been up with you lately in terms of um, what do you have to offer the world these
1: days? Oh man, that's a that's a. Oh, let's not make this fifty minutes. I know, now. let's not make it fifty. Let's go. I, you know, I, I've I've pivoted. I shifted to um, just a deeper heart, a deep a deeper passion um, to help fight this giant. I really want to partner with churches. You know, this class that I've that I've uh, been teaching for the past five years. Um, you know, I want to empower churches to be able to solve this problem within the church. Uh, only 7% of pastors say that they have a solution to the porn problem within their church. And that is unacceptable. If 93% of churches don't have a problem, don't have a solution to the porn problem, but yet Um, you know, half of Christian homes have a porn problem and, you know, seven out of 10 pastors say it's adversely impacted their church, but only 93, but 93% don't have a solution. So I want to partner with churches basically to help empower them to teach free indeed on their own through their church, for their church and by their church. And then other than that, man, you know, obviously we're still here. I'm still, you know, doing our class and, and, um, and uh, just, just trying to change the world, man, trying to take down this giant. But right now, my shift and my, my pivot, and my passion is to empower churches to teach free need. So I want to partner with churches to 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 give them the class, show them how to teach it, and allow them to go forth and teach the That's class. awesome. Yep, there's too many churches that are
0: just turning their backs on yeah. this, or they're just putting their heads in the sand. Mm-hmm. And uh, more churches need to face this head on because, yeah. you know, as I've thought about in terms of um, – we need to have a, a... There's two approaches to what we're talking about with pornography. There's people out there, such as churches, especially if the church has even in people who are a generation ahead of us, older than us, they don't get how deep this goes. And they don't know that guys you know, need help. That's one direction. The other direction is, and I know we've talked about this, is there is a real sense that pornography has become normalized in, Mm -hmm. in young guys' lives Mm -hmm. and young kids' lives. Uh, we're talking kids that are our kids' age or younger. So teenagers, my old, my youngest is now 19. And, um, I know that this has become so normalized because this is all they know. And so what we talked about today and what we'll talk about next time with validation is so huge because if a young man is hearing that I can't, I don't, need to be validated by this, this, this woman who can, I can make do anything I want. Um, and nor do I have to have the expectation that all the women around me have to be like this. You know, that's a new territory that I hope that they're hearing, but there's a good chance they're not because so many parents find it hard to talk about. It's not easy. I had a hard time talking with my son about it. And I still, to this day, have a hard time checking in with my son about it. So I know that this is, there's, those two things that are happening in this world around us, that it's becoming too normalized and it's not being talked about enough, especially by the audience that you're considering.
1: I almost wonder if it's becoming normalized within church. I mean, just, we've just accepted it. Like it's just a, it's just part of, it's just, it's just there. It's kind of like the air conditioning. Yeah, it's on. I mean, if half of Christian homes have a problem, if, if six out of 10 divorces involve somebody with a porn problem, that's a big deal. When couples get divorced, one or both of them leave the church quite commonly and, and most often. Um, and when they leave the church, not only are their souls hurting, not only are their families breaking up, not only are that somebody else that's leaving the church as far as attendance, their service leaves and so does their giving. So we have people leaving our community, our church communities, because of something that I believe we've maybe become to just normalize and accept as part of, a, part of the way it is. And it shouldn't be. I mean, we should be there. There's a giant. There's a giant, there's a giant, there's a giant on the other side of the battlefield. Somebody has to take down that giant. It's time. It's time to take down that giant. It's doing too much damage in our homes and our cultures and our communities and our churches. Yep, I agree. So uh, with that, I just wanted to end this
0: podcast talking about what what Kirk's up to. We'll end the podcast and kind of talk a little bit about what uh, what I'm up to as well. But we'll talk about that next time. Thanks for listening to the Free Indeed Podcast. Visit freeindeed36.com for more resources with deeper information and upcoming events. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery.